Hey, good afternoon and welcome to SWAT Radio. It is Thursday, March 31st, 2022. And uh, we're here in Jacksonville, Florida. If you're listening uh, up in uh, Virginia on the Lighthouse or in Meridian WMER, we're glad you're joining us today. Or if you're listening through the SWAT Radio app or website, uh, we uh, appreciate you tuning in. Uh, Today is guest day. And in light of some of the things been going on in the news, I thought it'd be a good time to bring Charlene Cothran back. Uh, she has uh, been a guest on our program before, and um, she is a former advocate for gay rights. Uh, she was a lobbyist. Uh, she uh, <clears throat> actually uh, uh, was the uh, co-founder of In the Life Atlanta, which was a black gay pride group up there and um she was very active in the lobby for the uh, gay and lesbian community and uh, god delivered her from that and uh and she has a great testimony that's been shared in lots of places and uh her ministry is called the evidence org, and it's t-h-e evidence org where she actually goes out and she presents evidence at conferences and um, both community events and political events. We are going to be talking about this whole issue of the, um, the bill that was passed by Governor DeSantis and some of the things going on with the LGBTQ community. So if you have young kids and you might not want them to um, – to hear, you might want to turn the radio down. You can come back and listen later. Um, otherwise, uh, we're glad you joined us today, and uh, we're glad to have you on again, Charlene. Welcome back to SWAT Radio. How are you doing today? I'm doing fantastic, Doug. It's always a pleasure to be with you and your audience. Well, I appreciate you being on, especially in light of um, what's going on. This was a pretty strategic bill that was uh, passed, uh, in, by, by, by the way, bipartisanly passed in the state of Florida and then signed into law by Governor DeSantis. Um, did you have any input at all with that, or, or did you – I know you speak to groups and stuff. Have you been following that, or, or were you – I've been following it very closely. I was following it, but, but I spoke to it from the local level. And I want to drive that home just from the very beginning – uh, we think globally we have to act locally uh, on this issue and many issues, but this I- issue in particular, if we're going to get our children protected, if we're going to get more laws like this passed, it took parents who were outraged when they heard what was really going on during school board meetings. Nothing is more local than a school board meeting. And so I want to say that uh, to parents who might be listening, you can, you have the right now, thanks to Governor DeSantis and and thanks to Senator uh, Dennis Baxley and many others, you have the right now to be informed and to get involved. Now it's in your hands, parents. Mm. Get informed and get involved in what? In your children's education. So uh, I was not down at the, at the uh, in Tallahassee this time. I was doing a lot of work right here in my own county, 
Flagler County, and I won't go into that. I won't take up all, all the work I was doing here, but it really, um, I was walking in lockstep with what was going on in Tallahassee, and I'm very, very thankful for our Governor Ron DeSantis for uh, signing this important law, uh, uh, Parental Rights in Education Act, into law. Thankful that it is uh, going to be law July 1st of 2022 uh, for parents to be involved and officially uh, informed about policy changes that occur in the treatment of their children in uh, any Florida public school district. That is extremely important mm-hmm. because I've seen what they've been planning in public school. Why? Because I've been fighting in my own public school district. Mm-hmm. Trust me, I've been in the news. Uh, you know, <laughs> of course, they've um, I'm infamous. I'm not famous. I'm infamous in my own <laughs> county news. They don't like me and, and all that. But that's OK. Because that's what happens when you're speaking the truth that everyone else is afraid to talk about. And so I'm very thankful for your show for doing so. Well, and you but this, uh, this new law. Yes, go ahead. Well, yes. well, you speak from experience and what I remember you sharing really more than anything you said last time that we had you on is, you know, that when you were a lobbyist, um, uh, for the LGBT community that you, you went after the children. Cause you knew if you got the children, you had the next yes, generation. Absolutely. Can, can you, can that you, my can, next line to tell you yeah, go in ahead. Order to change society mm-hmm. in order to change, uh, America, in order to change society, in order to change a district, a city, you have to impact the youngest citizens involved. And this is what they already know. This is what the this is what their playing card has been from the beginning. And so parents, people, parents, politicians are really getting that now and saying, oh, my God, they're going after K through three. Mm-hmm. I've been telling people during my speaking tour uh, over the last 10 years. Mm-hmm. I said, look, look at the state of Washington. All in the state of Washington for 10 years, they've been teaching kindergartners. They're just coming from their mother's living room into school for the first time. And on their first day of school in Washington state, they're asked by a teacher, how many of you are little boys? And the little boys would raise their hand. No, you don't know if you're a boy yet. You have to wait and see how you feel. I've been telling people this and people have looked at me like I've had two heads, like (laughs) she's got to be making this up. Mm-hmm. And now they're understanding that it's not made up. They're coming from all of our schools. Well, thankfully, Florida is positioned to say, no, you're not going to teach our babies. Because that's what, you know, I mean, anything below, any child below uh, nine years old, they're all impressionable. I'm, I'm, I'm saying below nine years old. Any kid to me, high school on down, they're still impressionable. They're still trying to figure out who they are. So, uh, but, but this is a start. Mm-hmm. that we have established through this law that the standards for official instruction on sexual issues not be taught to kindergartners through third grade. I'm very, very happy with that start. But I believe that all the way through high school, young people are impressionable. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they and are. And it should not be taught so, so much. But this is a great place to start. That's how gays get, uh, you know, got gay marriage, one law passed at a time, and then they stand on top of that and get another, you know, another degree. And then on top of that, that's what we must do. And this is why I'm so thankful for this particular law, Parental Rights and Education Act. We've got K through three covered. Now we've got to go, listen, we've got to protect our fourth graders. We've got to protect our middle school. And then finally, we've got to protect our high school. Just like they came for us, we got to go back now and get our children covered from K through 12 and beyond.
Mm-hmm. Well, you, I know that you spent 20 plus years in the LGBT community. And um, as somebody who has walked in that lifestyle, who has been delivered from that, no, you've looked at the law uh, that the people who are in some of the Democrat, not all the Democrats, but some of the Democratic Party and celebrities are claiming that the law demonizes LGBTQ people. I don't see that in the law, but I haven't come from that background. Do you see that in that law? Or do, do, do. Not at all. You, you have to remember, uh, you can't really believe anything that celebrities say. Celebrities will say whatever their, uh, their, their, their agent tells them to say, and their agent is usually connected, very well connected to the homosexual uh, community for reasons that, I mean, that's just who they are. Um, their publicists are, are gay. The media is gay. Their photographers are gay. Their hair people are gay. Their makeup people are gay. And so uh, that, that celebrity, even if they are not gay themselves, are surrounded mm-hmm. by these folk, mm-hmm. Oprah Winfrey and a bunch of others. They're surrounded by these folk and impacted by everything that they bring to the table and, ba- and bang their fists on her table saying, you got to be on my side concerning this. Well, after a while, come on, you know, the, the, you know, even the, the, the policy of the Bible takes over. You know, he, uh, faith comes by hearing. And so the more you hear that stuff, you, you, they're having faith in the wrong thing. Mm. They're having faith because they hear it every day from their people who they've hired to be around them. And so we can we have to, you know, take what they say with a grain of, of salt. Certainly you don't want Lady Gaga, come on, to be <laughs> your child's mentor at, when it comes. Who is saying what is fair and what is not fair among homosexuals? I will say this. Every person, it doesn't matter whether you're homosexual, if you think you're born in the wrong body, which is, you know, th- that's an issue of the mind. No matter what your, uh, your, your, your thing is, your sin is, that's what I mean. Let me just say what it is. No matter what your sin is, it doesn't matter. Every person deserves to be treated with respect, mm-hmm. with dignity. Let me use the word with love. You follow me? Yes. Still, then I happen to know that uh, even when you reach across the table, when you open up your arms and say, I love you, I love you so much that I want to tell you the truth. Mm-hmm. I love you so much that I want you not to go down on this ship. I, I love you so much that I don't want you to sink in this sand, this place where it has no foundation. Mm. I love you. If I did not love you, I would totally ignore you and allow you to continue to go in the wrong direction. Mm. If a bridge is out down the road and the people I love are in the car driving down that same road, I'm going to jump in front of that car and with all of my might say, wait, don't go down that road. Mm. The bridge is out. If I didn't care anything about you, I would just step out of the way and say, well, I guess they'll figure it out when they get down there. Mm-hmm. watching them doing 70 miles an hour toward a, a, a place where it bridges out. And so real love acts. Real love says, I love you so much. I have to share with you that you're believing something that is not true. Well, one of the, you know, I have to share with you that you, that, that, that God is able to do something different that you, that you don't know about yet. Well, um, many people in our culture, now have been influenced by the LGBTQ activist narrative that says humans are born with a sexual orientation that's different. They're born that way. 
uh, or they're born in a body that's not really the gender they are. You know, the, the, these are the narratives that out out there, and and now it's it's really impacting young people, and and parents are being left out a lot of this. So that's why this bill was so important. But basically, people who reject LGBTQ ideology is seen as dangerous to children. That's that's the narrative that they're putting out there. I, I would like for you to speak uh, uh, for a minute because I know that one of the things you do is you travel around the country and you speak about evidence that same-sex attracted people aren't born homosexual. Uh, you, you, no, you, they are not. You know, and that they can and do change, that this is not something like your skin color or my skin color that we are born exactly with. That, right. and, and, and could you speak to that uh, for a few minutes uh, and just give it, our listeners a Absolutely. taste of what you do when you go around speaking about these things? Okay. What, what I, the name of our ministry is the Evidence Ministry uh, for a reason. Uh, number one, on the homosexual issue, there is no evidence that a person is born homosexual. They know this. It is not offensive to say it because they know it. Mm-hmm. If you have time, theevidenceministry.org, there is, a, uh, there is a full article on a woman who uh, was over the uh, American Psychological Association's booklet uh, that determines what is a mental illness and what is not a mental illness. And she has been there for, she's highly respected, and she's a lesbian. Her name is Lisa Diamond, Dr. Lisa Diamond. She was taped, she's on video, talking to a group of homosexual activists. This is she, a lesbian doctor at the uh, APA, talking to homosexual activists. And she's saying to them, guys, we got to stop saying we're born this way. Mm. It's not true. We know it's not true, and it's going to come back and bite us in the butt at some point. This is her saying this to them. They know it's a lie. But they know that if you say a thing over and over again, if you tell a person a lie in a newspaper and then say it again on the on a new on a radio station and then say it again on a television show, then say it again in or by a news anchor, that a segment of the community is going to buy it hook, line and sinker. They're going to believe it. I heard it on the news. Mm-hmm. I read it in the paper. You follow me? And then you back that up with economics. In other words, doctor, uh, a doctor society. Well, well, we have a group of homosexuals here. We're, we're rich. We'll, we'll grant unto you mm-hmm. some money if you come out with a policy, if you change your policy and agree with us that this is good for children. Mm-hmm. This, this is how these things get done. Mm-hmm. And in fact, you hear young, when I hear young uh, homosexual activists who actually believe <laughs> that the APA, the American Psychological Association, they removed this as a um, as a mental illness from their booklet because they discovered that we were born that that is not true. Mm. What is true and documented is that a group called Act Up, a political group that looks very much like Black Lives Matter does, it looks like now that's where Black Lives Matter got their you know burned down buildings from from this group called Act Up back in the seventies. Act Up would infiltrate the APA's uh, annual conference mm-hmm. quietly in the closet, go to their conferences and then spread themselves out according to the conference. And at a moment of time would literally turn over tables mm-hmm. 
demanding that homosexuality be taken out of their booklet as a mental illness. They did that four years in a row, and by the fifth year, the board said, look, we're tired of this. All right, what, what do we need to do? And that's why it was taken out. It was a political issue, not a medical uh, mistake, you know, a mistake that they made. It was a political issue, and these young people don't know this. They believe they have believed a lot because they don't know the truth. Why? Because this, the real stories are buried and not told. Why? Because gays and lesbians, what, they own the media or they, they, they are highly influenced the media. Mm. I'm going to go out on a limb and tell you why there's, there's so much influence. You wonder, well, how did this happen? How did gays and lesbians um, uh, gain so much influence over television and media and movies and, and, and uh, music and so forth? I'm going to tell you why, Doug. This is a portion of my book. Because of so many sexual secrets. Mm. Think about that, ladies and gentlemen. Everyone has a past. Mm -hmm. Everybody, everyone, every one of you listening has a past, has something you're not proud of yourself that you've done in your past. And now if you carry that forward to now you are successful, <laughs> now you, you're probably, you're no longer a, a student in a, in a, in college where you maybe had a same sex relationship on a drunken night or something. And you didn't really think about it. And that's not who you are. You went on later, you got married, you know, you left that behind, but a picture was taken. Mm -hmm. And now you are, you, you know, you have a career, and now you're an attorney, or now you're a business owner, or now you're a senator, and you get a call. Trust me when I tell you, this is what has, because people can't figure out, how is this so out of control? Sexual secrets are spoken to people. Look, here's a picture of me and you when we were 22. Now, your wife ain't going to understand that. Your grown children and your grandchildren are not going to understand that granddad used to be gay. Mm. So we suggest that you, whatever, pass this law or do this or whatever it is they're demanding. This happens so often and it's never spoken of. I'm, I'm speaking of it now because it, 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 I'm telling you, when I was in New Jersey, I was still homosexual. It was just before the Lord called me out of it. I had a young man walk into my office, and he was giddy. He was giddy because he had just done this very thing. He said, Shirley, you know, he says, I, um, I went into the publisher of our local newspaper's uh, office and asked him if he would begin to put sexual, uh, homosexual gay unions, because, of course, there was no gay marriage at that time, but gay unions is what they were calling them, uh, announcements in the paper right next to where engagements are. We want gay unions in there. They were, you know, and he says, no, absolutely not. We're not ready. Our society is not ready for that. Our city is not ready for that. Our readers are not ready for anything near that. He says, so I mailed him a package mm. of him and uh, my cousin back when he was in college. And do you know now? I, and he laughed about it. And one week later, he never, that guy never came back and told me anything. A week later, in that newspaper, were two men engaged. You follow me? So he relented because he didn't want his family to know that that had, that that had been a part of his past. These kind of secrets are everywhere because the sins of men are everywhere. The sins of women are everywhere. We've all done things we're not proud of. I'm, you know, I'm... 
one of those few whose whose past is public, but many people's past are, are private and they want to keep it that way. And so they relent and they help and they act as though they are for a certain thing when really they're just being uh, uh I won't say blackmail, but you know it, it kind of turns out that way. God, they, they think to themselves, "God forbid, if I were to stand against it." Mm-hmm. And so nowadays, of course, parents are afraid. This is one of the reasons why I fight so hard in my own community because I know that parents who have young children in schools they're afraid to say anything. They're afraid of being fired from their jobs. You already know this. I'm not telling your list of anything they don't already know. They don't want to be heard. Um, on their new in the news or or seen in uh, in the paper or anything standing against homosexuality because they might be you know they might offend someone on their job uh, they might not get a promotion <laughs> they might be vilified they may even lose their job mm. and so I you know I it's important for us to be a voice if you if you speak out if you've got the boldness and particularly if you're self-employed if you're a senior you already own your home. It is important for you to step up because some young parents uh, don't ha- they, they're just afraid to or they can't. We can still get this job done because we have a voice. If you own a home, you have every right to be at that school board meeting. We know that taxes, <laughs> property taxes, most of that goes to the school board. You have every right to speak. If you don't have any children in school, you still have every right to speak about it because your taxes are paying for what is being uh, promoted during schools. Well, well, you walked in that lifestyle for over 20 years. What do you say to the activists and the, the, the liberals who say, well, people that are ex-homosexual never really were gay at all? What, what do you say to that argument? <laughs> I've, I've heard that so many times. Um, I, to those who, who know the word of God, uh, they said the same thing to uh, a blind man. I, I often um, <laughs> yeah, uh, share do. this message when yeah. I'm speaking. <laughs> it was like, you know, Jesus healed this blind man. He healed him. And the blind man had ended up having to go to a counselor. And they were like, well, how, were you really blind? How long are you blind? Bring his parents in here. Was he actually blind at birth? So they, that happens. That's been happening since Bible days. Of course mm-hmm. I was gay. I, there, are, there are gay people who are now delivered. Why? Because they knew. I have, I've seen people, you know, sometimes, especially in the early days, I just sort of shut up and kept my head down and, and let them talk. And a lot of people would, would raise up and defend me themselves. They knew. One woman says, look, I knew her. I knew her. She had this and that good. Things that I'm not proud of and don't even want to repeat now. Mm-hmm. But they knew that I was the same as them, even more so. Advocated. They used to tell people, I've got a card in my pocket that proves I'm a lesbian. Just foolishness. <laughs> but God spared me. He spared my life. And all of this is so temporary. All of this is so temporary. Mm-hmm. And I, I share with those who are listening who might be struggling in this area that you know you don't have to struggle. I'm trying to, to tell you when I finally um, received into my into into my my own mind Second Corinthians five seventeen that if any man because I struggled, let me tell you how I struggled. I was 
tired of it. Mm-hmm. Wanted something different. I'm like, this can't be all there is to life. But I, but because I had been so public about my lesbianism, I thought that I that, that I was just mocked, that I was just maimed, that I was just crippled for like in life. You know, that I could no longer be a full woman. That nobody would accept me. That the the real church would not accept me. It wouldn't allow me to work in the church of any sort. I just thought I was ruined. Mm-hmm. Well, I read Second Corinthians five seventeen. If any man, if any woman be in Christ Jesus. He is a new creature. She is a new creature. All things are passed away. Behold, all things now become new. I received that in a real place. When I, when I read that, I didn't care anymore what anybody thought. Mm-hmm. I got so free. You follow me? I didn't care what anybody thought. And it has been a blessing. And I don't, again, I don't open my testimony up unless I'm asked to. You call and ask me if I would share. I'm proud to share because I know that that's the Lord saying your testimony today is required of you. Well, because because, you, because there, there are parents out there and there are people out there that know people that are in that lifestyle that are struggling because deep down they know. And I, and I don't know if I asked you this last time and we got we got uh, about two minutes before our break, so we may have to bleed over after the news. But I, I, I would like for you to answer this: when you were going through the um, th- the process before you were converted, before God brought you back, before He brought you into His fold from where you were, did you did you wrestle in your soul? And we we got about a minute, and like I said, we can bleed over. But do you understand the question I'm asking, basically? Yes, uh, yes. Did I wrestle in my soul before I got saved? Yeah. Yes, I did. I will say I did. I wrestled, like I said, with the fact that I was uh, tired of gay life, but I did not think that I could be saved in my flesh. Mm-hmm. I, I, was, I, I was raised in church, so I knew that, 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 that Jesus was real that all I had to do was to say yes to the Lord, but I didn't think that I could stay saved. Okay. I thought that I was always going to be attracted to women. Well, well, when we come back, true. when we come back from the news, I want to pick up on that. And I want to go, uh, how first Corinthians, uh, you know, six, nine, that reality, such were some of you, but now you're washed. Now you're sanctified. You know, I want to yes. talk about that. When we come back, hey, you're listening to Charlene Cothran. Um, so gra- glad she joined us today. If uh, you would like to know more information about her or her ministry, you can go to her website. And that website is Evidence, right? It's The Evidence. It's TheEvidenceMinistry.org. That's TheEvidenceMinistry.org. We'll be right back after the news with more from Welcome back to SWAT Radio. It is Thursday, March 31st, and I have uh, Charlene Cothran uh, from The Evidence Ministry. And you can 
go again to her website, theevidenceministry.org. That's T-H-E, evidenceministry.org. Lots of good information on there. And she travels and speaks. Um, she speaks to civic groups, to political groups, to you know, uh, conferences, uh, dealing with the whole issue of uh, helping same-sex attracted people uh, out of that lifestyle, uh, educating people on how to minister to people who are in that lifestyle. Uh, they counsel pastors, churches, parents dealing with those kind of influences. And uh, so, again, you can go to theevidenceministry.org. She is a great resource, very, very um, much uh in the word knows the word and and comes out of this lifestyle which um of really you know what before we went to break you were talking about wondered if you would ever get out of that lifestyle and i just think of um that passage in corinthians first corinthians 6 where paul says you know such were some of you such were some of you yeah. but you're washed you're sanctified you're justified and you know the yeah. ten, the tenses of all those verbs indicate a completed transaction, Charlene. And and what's so beautiful mm-hmm. about that is God knew when you were in the height of that, He knew you were His, and all those yeah. experiences He let you go through, He let you go mm-hmm. through to be a resource for His kingdom, to be an ambassador yeah. for His kingdom. And I believe that with all my heart. And uh, and I so appreciate your willingness to speak out. Have, has it been difficult for you? Have you gotten blowback? Do you? I mean, when we spoke last time, Absolutely. I mean, it, it was it was years ago, and and I just have seen the temperature get more hot in this in this particular <laughs> realm. Um, and and w- in fact, one guy said Florida is going to be ground zero with what DeSantis has now done. That there's going to be a big battle. I thank here. God for Governor DeSantis. I tell you, I'm, I'm asking God for Governor DeSantis for the entire United States. He is an amazing, God-fearing man. Uh, I've, I've observed him for a long time, even before he was governor. I just love the way he stood up to some folk who others would have been afraid of and declared the truth. I'm like, this guy's got he's got something, and I just thank God for him as governor. Thank God for the move that he's making. I don't think he's doing things to to run for office. I think he's doing what God has put him in office to do. I thank God for him, and I do hope, uh, like I said, I hope he runs for president. Anyway, that's my uh, Ron DeSantis plug, but um. Yes, the Lord says such were some of you, and you so beautifully told us that it is a finished contract, okay? Mm-hmm. Many of us have been delivered. So I'm not rep- representing what God can do. Mm-hmm. I'm representing what God did do. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. He can do the same for you. He did do it. And let me tell you what uh, um, one, of the, one of the ways that God did this, because I'm, I'm, I'm sensing in my spirit that someone is listening very closely who's struggling with homosexuality, kind of wants to get out of their own verse, kind of believing that they were born this way or not. Let me tell you something. Or you want to get out and you're wondering why you're not fully delivered. You still feel attracted to that guy or whatever. Let me tell you something. You have to get up off of your knees. Once you say, Lord, help me, because this is what many people write to me and say, I prayed and I asked him and he didn't take it away. You can't pray the gay away. He didn't take it away. Guess what? You must participate in 
your own deliverance. Mm. Once you get up and say, once you've given God a yes, then you get up and then walk in your deliverance. Walk in your yes, just like you did when you walked in, well, just like I did. Let me use myself <laughs> as, an, as an example. Just like I did when I walked into homosexuality. I kept making decision over decision over decision, more and more, it, getting deeper into that lifestyle. I remember. I remember the day and the hour where I was standing when I said to myself, I am not going to date guys anymore. I'm going to exclusively date women. I made a decision. I wasn't born. I made a decision. And then I began to walk that way. I remember making a decision saying, okay, well, I like those kind of ladies and I can attract them better if I start looking sort of like this. I started wearing my hair a certain way. I made that decision. In other words, I participated one decision after another. In my own, you know, becoming, quote unquote, of a butch lesbian. I participated in that. Walked on and looked at the picture. I'm going to start wearing these kind of clothes. I'm going to start wearing my hair like this. I'm going to start deepening my voice. I'm going to start walking. I decided that. Mm. And once you do that, you once you develop a habit, just like working at Amazon Gym, once you develop a habit, you, you, know, it be, you become that almost. Well, guess what? Once you, if you want gut full deliverance, you can have it. Jesus Christ is there by the Spirit He has given you. Once you believed on His name and said, "Yes, Lord, I will obey," then you get up and participate in your own deliverance. Let me tell you how. Let me turn back to myself. I remember the day and the hour I fell on my knees and said, "God, if I'm going to be your daughter, your your queen, your princess, your daughter." I want to look like your daughter. I want to feel like your daughter. I want to sit like your daughter. I don't, even because my mannerisms were still kind of, you know, I was conscious of them. And in that day, during a fast, I came out of a fast and I heard the Lord say, and it wasn't, I didn't have to turn and wonder if, if it was God or not. I knew it was God. He said, get up and go to your closet and take out everything in there that you know pertained to a man. Mm-hmm. I had, Doug, I'm ashamed to say I had a, 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 a tuxedo. Mm. especially made for myself, a male tuxedo. I had men's shirts that I paid two and $300 for, you know, during the time I was making a lot of money. I had male cufflinks and so God said, gather all of that. Mm-hmm. I was saved, but it was still in my office. It was still back in my closet. He said, get it all out of your closet, out of your jewelry box, mm. out of everywhere. Anything that pertains to a man, get it out of your house. And I did. I loaded it all into the trunk of my car and took it to the goodwill around the corner. I obeyed the Lord. I, you know, when you come out of a fast, you're spiritually sensitive. I obeyed God in that hour, took it all. I came back and I'm like, okay, so what do I have now? I looked at a couple of things that I had. My, God, my mother sent me this dress for a birthday. Well, my grandmother sent me this skirt. And I heard the Lord say, try on this dress. I hadn't been in a dress in years. Hmm. I tried the dress on Doug. I heard the Lord say, I'm sharing with you today. I feel the anointing. I heard the Lord say as if he was sitting on my bedside. Turn around. I'm telling you, a femininity fell on me by the spirit of the living God. I heard him say, turn around. I heard him say, now walk for me. You hear me? As if a man were speaking to the woman in me. He was molding me in that moment into the woman that I was designed to be from the beginning, that I had denied. Mm. Oh, my God. And so I'm trying to tell you, I don't care what you have believed. 
if you will get up and obey God, there is an immediate blessing for obedience. Mm-hmm. The outcome, I mean, I'm not perfect, but I, I love who I, who made me to be so far. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God, he's, he, he's such a good guy. He has something special for you, sir. Mm-hmm. Um the, it talks in that same First Corinthian about uh, being effeminate, and there there are many men who just you know their their um, their their mannerisms again. They're you know they're wondering they struggle in that in that sense that real men are going to sense that I've not been you know that that that, I, that I've been a part of that lifestyle even though I don't want it anymore. Other you know real heterosexual men have a sense in that they can almost detect it that I feel like an outcast among them. I get that. That's a whole nother book about how some of us ex-gays are treated, uh, in, and particularly in a church community. Mm-hmm. Do you know, and I'm going down this line, to this day, I'm going to just tell you like it is, to this day, I don't care what church I've been a part of, if there's been, for instance, a women's retreat, I never get asked to room with another woman, ever. Other women, oh, Susie, man, you, we can go together. You know, we can split the room and floor. Never. I'm always the person who has, has a single Nobody ever asked me. Nobody wants you follow me. They, they know that, oh, they think I'm delivered and whatever. But in their, in their heart of hearts or in the back of their mind, they're thinking, well, suppose she's not really delivered. Then I'm going to play, I'm gonna play it safe. We, I'm going to play it safe, right? That's what Exactly right. And so this is how we as ex-gays and lesbians, ex-homosexuals, people who are no longer, who, who've been delivered. Nobody treats the delivered uh, alcoholic that way. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to room with him because he might want to go to the bar. Nobody treats, you follow me, the, 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 the former whatever that way. But there's something about homosexuality. Mm-hmm. That people just don't real. I'm talking about church folk. I'm talking about heterosexual church folk. Don't really believe that God can sure enough deliver you all the way, or that you can stay delivered. That you might not want to look at them, for instance. And so that's a hurtful place that um, that I and and, and if, if truth be told, many others deal with who are, who are um, not uh, not married. Let's put it that way, because I think a lot of. Uh, Former homosexuals who are who are married to a person of the opposite sex, they have you know a, a bit of a uh, they don't have to go through that as much. They have a wife or they have a husband, they have children, and so they look more normalized or whatever. But they go through some other things of their own. But that kind of thing does happen. So you're, you're asking me, uh, do I get um, do I get uh, uh, do I feel rejection? And I'm going to say yes, clearly from and I expect that clearly from my old community, absolutely. And has the heat turned up? on the rejection. Absolutely. But I'm just fool enough. I mean, and God has anointed me, uh, to be, to, to, to have, uh, an utterance in such, uh, in, in such a time as this, I'm not afraid. In other words, of, uh, of the kickback, I'm self-employed. I don't care. And I know they're going to come with something. I know persecution is coming, but I rejoice in it truly because the persecution deepens my anointing. God knows it does. When I'm driven to my knees because, and it hurts, I'm not going to act like uh, you're not, I'm not hurt by uh, being rejected. I'm, I've been out, you know, I've been, um, we call it, I've been blacklisted by the NAACP in my local community. <laughs> That's not something that I'm proud of, but yeah. because what? Because people can know, know and love yeah. are members of this community, but they are outraged that I stood in front of Flagler County schools with a, with a bullhorn 
Mm-hmm. With other mothers and, and parents, and demanding that a certain book be uh, a, black, a book by a black person, a black gay man, mm-hmm. be taken out of the school library. I was the only black on that side, and they were like, "Oh, a traitor!" And I'm like, "What? Are we reading the same Bible? Where are you first? Are you a Christian first, or are you a black person first? I am a woman of God first. Aren't you?" Mm-hmm. I'm trying to tell you I'm no longer welcome in their meetings. I'm no longer welcome in in many of their circles. I'm no longer welcome in many of their churches. And so, you know, I can't act like that doesn't, it doesn't hurt some, but at the same time, it deepens my anointing because I know I'm standing on what is true. Mm -hmm. You're standing on something that has moved. You follow me? Something that has shifted to the left. Mm -hmm. You used to stand over here, many of you. I was when I was among you and coming to your church to speak to you. You you were with me then, but now that the law has changed, you see, mm-hmm. you shifted to the left and you don't want it talked about. You want to support a book just because the man is black and gay that be in a school library teaching young men how to put their fists of each other's rectum. Yeah, that's that's and granted things of this sort. You would stand with them simply because he's black. What is wrong with you? But that where that, is your where is your Jesus? But that's see, this is the problem that you can't even read that book at a school board meeting because they'll throw you out. They'll say it's inappropriate. And so, um, so I, I, as I hear you talking, I'm, I'm, I just want to let anybody listening in Mississippi. Virginia, uh, Georgia, Florida, through the internet. If you go to theevidenceministry.org, there's a place on there that you can donate and you can support Charlene and what she does. Uh, and I, I'm I'm asking you to do that because there's there's you know not a lot of people fighting this kind of fight. She came out of this background. God delivered her. She is always giving God the credit for it and. And she wants to speak truth and love to people. You heard that at the beginning. And so her ministry is theevidenceministry.org. And she comes at it with a biblical viewpoint that God created people, male and female, and designed them uh, sex for a husband and wife. That's what she teaches, that homosexual relationships are outside of God's design for us. And... And so if you would like to support her, I would like to encourage you to support her and her ministry, you know, because she's out there and she she just does this trusting in God to do it. You know, I called her and asked her to be on the air today. She said, sure. I didn't even tell her what we were going to talk about. I just said, Charlene, would you be on? Sure. Why? Because she wants to serve the community. She wants to speak. She She knows that when she's being called to ask, did did you ever think that you that somebody was calling you to ask you to talk about mathematical equations, Charlene? <laughs> no, no. When people call you, you know what they're wanting to talk about because that's your testimony. That's that's the experience God has given you. But now that you're running on, but now that you're running on His track, and you're doing His work, you're glorifying him by exposing the lies and you know it's just like this bill that governor DeSantis passed you had all these people at the academy awards you know saying gay 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 and making it not about 
say saying that it's the bills about don't say gay. You got students here in Jacksonville, Florida, who were protesting and and doing a sit out with with school officials helping them protesting what yeah. DeSantis did, saying it's don't say gay, and that is not what it's about. But we as parents no, have to be involved in our children's life. We are told in the word Deuteronomy six says. Teach his word diligently to your children when you sit down, when you walk by the way. And I think we've been far too silent on these issues of LGBTQ and transgender. And I appreciate you bringing that out years ago. And I want to give you, we got about eight minutes left. If if you could speak to all the parents who are out there right now as somebody who has come from that community who lobbied and you said we're going after your kids what would you say how can we speak the truth and love i'm so glad you asked that here's what i'd like them to do uh as an action plan first of all okay okay parents i want you to get involved i want you to know in your district it's important we have a law that supports you now don't let it sit there on the books without you using it I want you to know in your district when your school board meets. Mm -hmm. I want you to go to your school board meeting and sign up to speak. Mm -hmm. Don't be intimidated that whatever is on your heart is not on the agenda. This is how they get over. If they want to talk about something, they don't care whether it's on the agenda or not. They get up and they demand to be heard. You can do the same thing. I know it's not on the agenda, but I'm concerned about X, Y, Z, my child and sexual issues or uh, whatever, sexual education, uh, things in my school. Let them know. Go to the school board meetings, know when they are, sign up. There are three minutes of uh, that you have a right to speak in front of your school board. You can say whatever you want. Use that. These, these are, that's the time that gay and uh, lesbian students stand up, or, or teachers, gay and lesbian advocates, stand up in front of the school board and tell their lies. Mm-hmm. They use that three-minute time that they have a citizen's right to come and stand before the school board, and they, oh, students are committing suicide, blah, blah, blah. They tell all kinds of lies, and they act like it's true, and they leave it there because then there's nobody else to speak and say, I'm opposed to that. Here's what I'm for. We need more people. We need more parents in particular to sign up and speak at school board uh, meetings on these issues. Use that three-minute time. Another thing, if you have the balls, fathers, if you have the balls, mothers, you need to find out when school board workshop meetings are. That's where the real decisions are being made. Mm-hmm. Did you know that in your school, behavior, health, scientists, in other words, mental health folk, and believe me, gays and lesbians have taken over the mental health community, the mental health uh, certificates, the mental health education in this country. And now they're using that to replace you, parents. It is being quietly established that they're bringing in behavior health scientists, behavior health people, mental health people into the school systems, and then they're intimidating parents saying, well, you don't really know what's best for your child. These decisions are not being made in public. They're being made at the school board workshop. You have every right to attend a school board workshop. Mm-hmm. 
By the time a decision gets down to the regular school board meeting, they're just looking for a yay or nay. The, the real decisions are being made during the workshop. You need to get there. You have the right what to be informed and get involved. Get to the workshop. Know what's going on. You should also uh, know how to vote. If somebody's running for school board, ask them publicly where they are on this issue and hold them to it. And then, of course, lastly, write letters to your superintendent. If you're unpleased about something, particularly around these issues, you have every right to write a letter because making a phone call, that's nice. But when you write something down, it is established. They, they can't throw it away. If you email a person, you need to email the superintendent, the board, uh, president of your school board. And I would even go one step further and CC or send a copy to Governor DeSantis's office. They can't, you follow me, they can't tuck it under and act like they never received it. Mm-hmm. That's a good word there. These are important moves for parents to do. Get involved. And stay informed. You have every right to do so. Do it. Don't depend on me to do it for you. Do it. Yeah. And, Please do it. And, and, you know, one of the things that's important about what you're talking about is that we, we as uh, people in our community should care about the children of our community, protecting the children in our community, uh, being a, yes. a, 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 a positive thing. You know, all throughout Scripture, you see uh, God's heart for widows and his heart for orphans. And you see his heart yeah. for children. He said, if you if you lead one of these little ones astray, it's better to have a millstone put oh, around your neck God. thrown in. Around and, your neck. Yeah. You and and to the bottom of the sea. And now these young people yeah. today are being led down a road because the strategy of the LGBTQ and and that lobby is to distort the truth to build political power for themselves. Yeah. And and they do it at the expense of children who are committing suicide, children who are very confused about the world in which they live. And just to use your example, example, they cannot approach. Yes. Uh, They cannot uh, procreate, Doug. So they have to deceive small children, teenagers, young adults into believing that they were born other than male or female or born gay. And unfortunately, they do have the function of economics on their side. Mm -hmm. For every child who believes this lie, they begin what? Hormone uh, therapy to change their sex. That, That child becomes a medical patient for the rest of his life. This is why you've got medical communities being or getting on board. Like, oh gosh, we can make money. And they tell these children when they come in, oh, if you change your mind later, don't worry. They tell young girls, if you want to look like a boy, go ahead and remove both healthy breasts. Young teenage girls, they lie to them, you've been trapped in the wrong body. You're supposed to be a boy. Yeah, I agree with that. I feel like a boy. Or if they feel unattractive. They have both. They have a double mastectomy to cut off healthy breasts. And then they tell them, if you change your mind later, you can just have implants put in. The medical community, who benefits from this? Pharmaceuticals? Mm-hmm. Because they are on drugs for the rest of their life. Plastic surgeons, because they get to operate on a child, taking them off, putting them back on. Mm-hmm. This is what's happening in our country. The economic impact in favor of trans uh, transsexuality because of uh, all these people who are going to make all the money. This is your children are being uh, offered up. And in the Bible, and in, uh, in the Old Testament, there were a community of people who uh, give their children as, as, as sacrifices. Our children are the sacrifice. 
Mm-hmm. For these people who want to make millions, there are plastic surgeons right now, Doug. Yeah. I know what I'm talking about. I've read it. Who are going back to school. Yeah. That, that, that's so they see more money in the future. Ten years from now, there's going to be more money in transsexual surgery mm-hmm. than there is in lifting some little old lady, some rich lady's face up. You follow me? Yeah, that's your. They're you're, going back to school to run it because the, the the money is in it. This you've got to protect your child. Get involved. Know what's going on. If you can't afford to pull your child out of public schools, and everyone can. Mm-hmm. Those of you who can, great. Those of you who can't, you must be informed and involved. Yeah, because these activists, yeah, these activists are pressuring our culture, and it's coming into the churches now. And if if you don't oh, if if you yeah. don't go in there and have an impact in the schools, that's where they're going. Like you said, five years ago, six years ago. They're going for your kids in the schools, and the school boards is still the mm-hmm. same. It's the best place to go. Go in as a parent and say, I want to speak. And if enough parents do it, we can have an impact because we live in a culture right now where we still have that ability. Well, uh, hey, Charlene, I, want, I, I wanted to uh, give them your website one more time. It's theevidenceministry.org, T H E. E-V-I-D-E-N-C-E ministry.org. Click on that and click on donate. Help help uh, Charlene continue to fight this battle. Uh, she didn't ask me to ask you to do that. I'm doing that because uh, I believe she is a voice helping people in an area where not a lot of people are giving attention. And so, Charlene, thank you for being on the front lines out there. And thank you for giving us time today on SWAT Radio. We appreciate your ministry. Thank you very much for being brave enough to have me. Thank you. All right. Hey, you've been listening to uh, SWAT Radio. If you just tuned in, and that was Charlene Cothran, you can go to theevidenceministry.org for more information. If you want to listen to this or any past program, go to www.swatradio.com. That's www.swatradio.com. Dot com and click on the past program link. We'll be back tomorrow, Taylor and I. We'll be talking about this as well as other things, and I hope you'll join us. Have a great evening, and God bless. Bye-bye. If you missed a SWAT radio broadcast this week and would like to hear any show in its entirety, then go to SWATradio.com. Click on Past Shows, where you can listen to the broadcast. Also, if you're looking for a band of brothers that gather around God's Word to be a part of, then go to SWATradio.com and email one of our hosts, and they can get you plugged in to one of the local SWAT Bible studies. Tune in next time to explore how SWAT Radio is strengthening spiritual